Well, hey, hey. Hey, bro. Cheers. Uh, uh, cheers, my man. Salute. Tell me what tell me about your martini, dude. I am drinking an Austin style Mexican martini tonight. Um uh-huh. one part tequils, mm-hmm. one part triple sec. I do a dash of orange bitters, um okay. uh lime juice and olive juice. What's your um tequila uh, of choice? What do you like to have? So I'm a big believer in uh the uh salsa. Uh it's fantastic. Um mm-hmm. Uh, I, I always, that's kind of like my go-to. Um, uh, I also like um, five, 512 tequila um, out of Austin. Okay. Um, very nice vanilla, very good sip in tequila. Yes. Tequila, like uh, the, the the nasty stuff gets me like in a bad place, but the real good, <laughs> like smooth, like, uh, you know, like white stuff. Like I, uh, it's very good. Yeah. The sip and stuff is like, oh yeah. I can get into this for sure. I, did I ever say about the first time I ever had tequila? No, go on. I had a like a like a three amigos uh, type, you know, get out of here, you know, yeah. type. Oh, my little buttercup. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, I took, I, you know, drank it, and then my knees went, my, my knees went out. No. Yeah, I was just like, whoa, you know, because at that point, <laughs> I mean, I was. <laughs> I was like a broke 21 year old. So I was like doing like bud ice, you know, (laughs) bud ice. Remember that one? I think so. Bud lime. Um, Those were like my, (laughs) those were like my main go-tos. And yeah. uh, Yeah. First time having tequila, I literally almost fell over. It was. Wow. It's hit you that hard. Yeah. I I mean, it was nuts, but what about you? What you said you're drinking something interesting tonight. I went across the street to the market and I was like looking at the tall boys. I'm like, I should get something interesting just at least for the show. Uh, and uh, I got a Lagunitas Tiki Fusion Zombie Cocktail Inspired IPA. It is a. Uh, <laughs> it's it's not great. Um, <laughs> orange, lime, grapefruit, and allspice. So it's kind of like a. I kind of got a, like a pumpkin like a, spice like IPA a jerk, going like a, on. <laughs> like a jerk, like a jerk chicken type <laughs> with all that yeah, allspice. I, I would love to marinate some chicken in this. Uh, <laughs> It's also 10%. So I guess I'll see you later. Uh, <laughs> later. <laughs> it's, it, had, it had a cool, I had a cool can. I, I, uh, I, I like Lagunitas usually. We've talked about this. I, I love a good, I love a good can. Yeah. Good can. <laughs> good cans. Yeah. I mean, it, it, if the branding is strong, it, it's probably doing something right. Right. Oh yeah. If they could afford a good design firm. Much like one of our bands tonight, which I think has great branding. Maybe, perhaps both, but we'll get oh, there. Oh, yeah. Kind of visionaries. Uh, we're gonna, it's a very visionary. Uh, oh. uh, sen- uh, visionary, uh, I can't think of the word, based episode in, in a lot of ways. I'm excited. I'm excited to dive in. Um, yeah. But before we do that. Right. Welcome back oh. to Sipping Mimos. <laughs> yes, of course. I forgot that we're doing a whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> you you've got the me bros on right now. I'm That's Jake. Right. Oh, and I'm Elliot. And together we are sipping Mimos, the internet's premier sister space libation podcast, wherein Elliot and I discuss radio rock and electronica albums, oftentimes, but 
uh, it's been a while uh, over mimosas. Elliot, what's yeah. been going on? Have you seen anything? Have you heard oh, anything? Boy. Have you tasted anything? Any new restaurants? What you've been listening to? Oh, heavens above. I've been I've been all over the place. I've been real busy. I've been working on a lot of car stuff and getting my stupid vehicle that you have to have to exist sorted out and all that. And it's a nightmare. I long for those days where I didn't have a car and I lived in a city with efficient public transit. I won't mention it because I'll get made fun of. Uh, uh, but Not by me. We've discussed this. All right. I'm, thank you. I'm, I appreciate I'm, that. I'm fascinated by this northeastern city, but we won't talk about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm doing okay. You know, you know, a little exhausted, a little anxious, but I'm, but I'm feeling good. Um, here's what I've been watching. And it's been on my mind for a little while. I forget what like inspired it. I don't know. Someone mentioned it on a podcast or, or a friend mentioned it. I dove into a rewatch of the Lord of the Rings. Ooh, let's talk about this. And I'm going full on extended version. The like oh, four man. and a half hour cuts. So night one fellowship, all of it, like the whole, like, you see um, Frodo getting me thrill and all that. And like, <laughs> they all get the presence and like, and everyone does this and like, uh, and it's like, boy, boy, oh boy, is it long? And then I'm like, cool. And then the night, the night after that, two towers, baby, let's do this. And like, and oh, we are good. I, here's my hot take. I haven't yet watched Return of the King, uh, but I, I, you better believe I'm going to do it. I got busy last night, so I couldn't do it three nights in a row. But I think the theatrical cuts might be better. Yeah. Just because they move along a bit better narratively, you know, like, it's just like, let's, let's tell the story. They're still sprawling and long and epic and all that. But man, those, those long extended cuts, I forgot how like, boy, they just kind of sit here for a while. Like (laughs) there's a lot of them. Like, let's take a break from the journey and just sit down for a minute and they hang out for a bit. (laughs) Um, But boy, they're good. They're good. I don't think I've ever done the um, the uh, the extended cuts. I'm, I love the 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 original ones. Those are I revisit those every couple of years. Oh man, it's always it's always a good rewatch. Yeah, oh, uh, really good. Ta- talking about Peter Jackson um, for Halloween, I did a rewatch of one of my one of my faves. Um, actually, I, I think it was like the first Peter Jackson movie I ever saw because I missed a lot of his like horror stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Like Dead Alive, I think that was that's his big one. Yeah, and he did uh, Frighteners. That's the one. Um, I watched Frighteners uh, a couple weeks back, and yeah, woo, that movie, ah, it's my jam. I love the Frighteners. I haven't seen that in a long ass time. How did your um, October spooky season movie marathon end up? It went really, it went really well. Um, my wife she got into the spirit with me, um, and she said, you know, I haven't seen a lot of these classic you know, um, 70s and 80s slash and 90s slasher movies, you know, let's let's watch some of those. So we yeah. watched the first Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, part four. Uh, I, I, I'd never really seen all of the Friday the 13th adjacent movies. Um, there's mm-hmm. not there's not really a lot there. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think like, so. you know, there really isn't. Um, uh, we did all this, the whole Scream franchise. Uh, mm-hmm. And the first Halloween, um, wait, so, uh, scream like all the way up to like six, whatever the new one was. Yeah, wow. So we did all those, and then towards the end, I, I watched a couple movies that I hadn't seen before: the Chernobyl Diaries. <laughs> Not all great. Um, Stephen Is that King a found footage one, or uh... you know, you would think it would be. 
Um, it but sounds it's not, like a. Too, it's not. It's <laughs> two DVD. Yeah. Let me see. Uh, Creep Show, another one of my favorites. It's uh, Stephen King and George Romero. Um, nice. Uh, and of course, did The Shining, and um, we did we did a double feature of The Shining and Doctor Sleep. Did you ever see Doctor Sleep? No, I have not seen Doctor Sleep. It's good, but it's like a, a film se- a sequel to the book, right? Not necessarily the film. Um, yes and no. Uh, it incorporates aspects of both. Doctor Sleep got King's seal of approval, um, mm, mm-hmm. which is, which is cool. But other than that, uh. I uh I just had a birthday, uh so just just turned the big three five. That's right, happy birthday, Jake! Thank you, thank you. Um, we we both we both had just a had a birthday a couple weeks yeah. ago. Happy That's birthday! That's right, we, we both had a birthday since last uh, record. Yeah, boy, we're um, just getting up there, man. I know, just chugging along. Um, and so uh, it was really funny. I my wife was like, "What did you do for your birthday?" And I was like, "I just want to smoke a brisket." okay hell yeah brother so i uh we've got a brisket and i was thinking it was going to take all day um like i was like okay so you know i'll put it on at midnight we're talking like 14 hour cook it'll be ready um you know be ready around like noon we'll rest it two hours eat for lunch uh Mm -hmm. that thing was done by like seven (laughs) oh and so we had brisket for breakfast what, and, was it a small small cut or what, were you going too hot? No, uh, it was like a like a fourteen pounder. Uh, I kept it at two twenty five. It just finished kind of quick. Also, I also didn't take into account daylight savings time, which which happened. <laughs> <laughs> so that kind of threw that kind of threw off the process. Um, That's very funny. So, uh, is we, this uh, milk still good? Yeah. Like, what do I <laughs> What do I do? Um, and so. Uh, (laughs) 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 okay it was like two o'clock twice you know yeah and so last minute we decided oh let's just go to let's just go down to green texas and um and if if we haven't been uh green is a little community in the located within um the city of new Braunfels, texas Mm -hmm. um and it's a fabulous time so check out green just a plug for green uh, green hall right green hall the... real famous dance hall so we went down there and yeah. we, ha- we we had a lone star beer and if you've ever had a lone star beer you know it's it's you know it's it's a beer you know it is um it's so good a... it's good it's like the national beer of texas we had a lone star at green hall and i honestly think it was like the most delicious lone star i've ever had in my life well of course you go to, you go to green hall you get a lone star holy shit it was, Willie Nelson's gonna sit next to you and be like, "Hey, hey, buddy, what's up?" <laughs> I would, I would have died. Yeah, and <laughs> did some record shopping. I found a Waylon Jennings record. I um, I've been looking for. And what's digging in green look like? Uh, so uh, there's a really great antique shop there, and the mm-hmm. uh, one of the vendors has always has a stack, like a stacked vinyl selection. I've actually bought a Willie Nelson record there too, and. Uh, uh, good price. He's got comics and toys. Uh, wish I knew his name because I would give him a shout out. Um, but yeah, if you're in the area, check out Green. It's a really, it's a really cool little place for sure. Uh, I had a little uh, get together with some friends and family at uh, Jester King here in Austin, oh, southwest Austin. They like specialize in like you know uh, what bitters I got or no what sour sour beers. And shout um, out Jester King. 
But like, even if you're not into like a sour, they, they boy, everything they have is pretty. It's pretty. It's like a beer, beer, man. That day, the weather was gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so I had a lovely, old, lovely old day. Yeah, it's like a, you know, Justice King is like a sprawling farm. You know, and like they just happen, happen to have a brewery there. There's like goats and stuff. It was yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was great. So this morning, uh, in in classic, uh, classic Jake fashion, you know, I woke up and. Um, had my coffee and I put on the omen in the morning. <laughs> yeah, it was like a seven thirty omen watch. So uh, it's November now. At the time I'm recording, but you're still going through scary movies. Yeah, you know, I just uh, I'm just, I'm just like trying to see things that I hadn't, I've never seen before. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Last night, last night I watched uh, the Sylvester Stallone documentary on Netflix called Sly. How was that? It was actually really interesting. I didn't. I did not realize how passionate about his writing he is. Oh yeah, yeah. Co-wrote or rewrote, uh, you know, like Rocky. Rocky. Yeah. yeah, like he basically he wrote he wrote Rocky, and like that, I think that was like his first thing he got sold, and it won the it won the Academy Award that year. Um, I think since then he's been real big on like getting a writing credit for most things he's on. Yeah. yeah, well, it was actually really interesting because uh, he talked about that first Rambo and how in the original script, was it Rambo was supposed to be killed? In, in First that? in first Blood? I believe so. Um, first Blood's still a dope-ass movie. I, oh, I, man. I saw it for the first time recently, and oh, man, like it's... I, I'll always be uh, I'll always be Arnold for life, but... Oh, uh-huh. Those well, mm, you know, it's apples and oranges, I I would say. But yeah, yeah. Um, where I think I think, you know, where Arnold maybe like took more risks and did like some more like sci fi things, you know, and like kind of like action horror with like Predator and um, Mm -hmm. Total Recall and 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 things like that. I think Stallone's man, the the characters that the big characters that Stallone portrayed are just like just like just hit you in the gut you know like that yeah that last that the last couple of scenes in ram that first blood are just heartbreaking. oh his little monologue when he's like losing his yeah it's really rough i think like schwarzenegger like wanted to be like i am a tool i'm gonna work with the best directors utilize me and like that's why he like was real successful with james cameron and all that stuff like i uh, you know deploy deploy me you know <laughs> yeah Predator, I'm gonna be a predator, awesome. And then like Stallone was like, I'm a, I'm an author. I'm gonna write this stuff. It's gonna be real. It's gonna, it's sure there'll be some action and fun, but like I'm gonna whip some message at you pretty hard. You're you will cry at this movie, you know. Uh, absolutely. And first, absolutely. and Arnold was like not really interested in doing that sort of thing. I think Arnold, he, he's a. Uh, I think he just maybe just, his main thing was entertaining. For uh, to an extent, Stallone was the same way. Uh, just kind of like devastating, and and he was talking about Rambo, and I wish I could, I should have, I should have wrote it down. But he says like, yeah, in the original scene, like Rambo was supposed to die, and at at this time, you know, there were twenty thousand. I don't know, I don't know how true this statistic is. It's just what he says in the movie. There were like, he says there was like twenty thousand suicides a month from from veterans. Oh, and, veterans I, yeah. and I didn't want to, I didn't want to play into that. I didn't want to play into that narrative. I wanted to show something oh. to mm. to to veterans that you know they can make it too or something. It was something along those lines, mm-hmm. and I was like, I was like, wow, like 
it, it was kind of really profound at times. Um, really, yeah. Um, I don't know much about Stallone. I mean, um, but well, it, uh, seems, it seems like he wants to. He wants to do stuff like about what he's into. Like, I love boxing. I'm gonna make 18 Rocky movies. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really into you know supporting veterans you know, and like you know, i'm gonna make a bunch of rambo movies um i like singing i'm gonna make a movie with dolly parton yeah and then like like arnold wasn't like i really like mars let's make total recall it was just like more <laughs> like let's do this you know yeah. if you tell me this is a good idea i'll do it you know kindergarten cop let's do it you know uh so that, that is, there's a difference and i could draw the parallels right now to our bands tonight but you know but you know oh yeah no it it, it it was really cool. I it made me want to go back. Did you did you ever see Cop Copland? With it was a James Mangold movie. I, I don't think so. Really, really great, uh, great movie. It's it's the line the cast is. It's got like De Niro, uh, Stallone. Uh, uh, gosh, I'm uh, giant. It's like a lot of the guys from um, who came out in the Sopranos. So I think like Robert Patrick, just like a crazy crazy um, cast. And um, Stallone, I think he said he had to gain like 20, 30 pounds for the role. Mm-hmm. And he, he, it's weird. Like when I watched it, um, he he plays like a schlubby kind of like, oh, you know, like kind of like the town, the town joke. You know, he's just oh, he's just he's not a very no one takes him seriously. Um, he's kind of, you know, um, and he plays this cop who's a, he's a good cop. And uh, I won't spoil anything because I totally recommend it. Um, but in a scene, he's taught he's with De Niro. And uh, De Niro is like a, a district attorney or something like that. And in the in the documentary last night, he's like, "Yeah, this is my really bad Stallone." He goes, "Yeah, <laughs> I did this, this this scene with De Niro, and I wanted him to give me more Bobby, and you know we were improvising, and you know I gave him something, and and he just he didn't he didn't give me that Bobby. I wanted that I wanted him to give me more Bobby, more and Bobby." So, he goes, "So I started improvising and." You know, and, and and then it came out, and then it showed the scene, and like it, it's classic, like Robert De Niro snapping at someone, you know, like, and uh, and he goes, "I got it, I got what I wanted." Wow. So, yeah, so I, I would I would definitely check it out. Um, that's like one of those movies, like uh, I haven't seen Heat, like, oh man, like, there's like a few, just a few, um, you know, uh, they call blind spots in those like cop dramas. I haven't, I've not gotten to. I love Heat. Oh God, Val Kilmer is amazing in that movie. When that movie came out, I was you know I was still pretty young and like they didn't have an alien in it, so I wasn't too. <laughs> That's like literally why I didn't see it. Uh, it's directed by our friend of the show, uh, Michael Mann. Um, did you? And he's also doing a new movie <laughs> with um, the show. even an even greater friend of the show, our our good friend Adam Driver. Oh, did did you get his text? No, you changed your number, right? Okay, I'll, I'll forward it to you. Um, he sent it to our group chat. Um, uh, he's doing he's doing a new movie with Michael Mann directing uh, about um, Ferrari, and he's the I, if I'm not mistaken, he's the founder of the Ferrari car company. Um, okay, it looks pretty damn good. How about that? You know, we were talking about Predator a second ago. We sure um, were. And you know what? My favorite line in that in that movie is by Jesse, the body Ventura. Um, and he just, he just shot, he's, he's looking up and uh, one of the guys, one of the guys in the pl- platoon 
he says, he says, you're bleeding, Jesse Ventura. And Jesse Ventura goes, I ain't got time to bleed. You know? I ain't got time to bleed. And I was thinking, what, what an even better response was, because the guy goes, he shoots a grenade up, you know, from his like impossible like movie gun, uh, uh-huh. movie grenade launcher. And he goes, you got time to duck? Um, I would have said, what did you seem to do? Sit there and wait and bleed? <gasps> let's let's strap in. We're going to Des Moines, Iowa. Let's do. We're talking Slipknot. Oh boy! Here, here we, we go. go! Thanks for making that fire, buddy. Uh, you know, I it feels so good being here at Eve Six Lake at, yes. Camp, at Camp Crystal Method. <laughs> that, that's really good. I didn't think <laughs> that's really good. <laughs> Thank you. And you know, I you know, I uh, we couldn't get away. We couldn't get away for Halloween. It fell on a Tuesday, but it feels good. You know, getting away just just the me bros. Uh, having our own little um, post spooky season, spooky season chat about 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 a couple spooky albums, and uh, my album this week is yes. the 1999 self-titled debut of Slipknot, hailing from Des Moines, Iowa. Um, These guys are from Iowa. They're from Iowa. Okay. Um, so uh, this album dropped 24 years ago, uh, June 29th, 1999. Came out on Roadrunner Records and was produced by Ross Robinson. Uh, now, if that name sounds familiar, that is because Ross Robinson is um, a very prolific uh, metal um, producer. Uh, you might know his work uh, from the previous episode, Corn Self-Titled. Um, the follow-up, okay. the corn follow-up, life is peachy. Um, Sepultura's roots, Limp Bizkit's debut, three dollar bill, y'all, uh, and probably my favorite um, uh, pr- production of his, um, besides that first corn album, uh, at the drive-ins, relationship of command. I heard some corn in this one. Oh um, yeah, even in, like in the you know phrasing and some of the production. Um, but this is uh, uh, my first note. Is just holy hell. <laughs> so, uh, so let me ask you, uh, Elliot. Uh, what's your history with Slipknot? Um, uh, when was the first time you heard of them? Were you like, were you like, what are the these orange red jumpsuits? What, 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 what's your first memory of Slipknot? Uh you know, I, I caught wind of them or heard about them or whatever. Certainly saw them. Uh, like meaning like on on TV or oh, yeah. whatever, and like, and I was like, oh, these guys have a look, and they're going for something. Like, and I thought like, oh, is this like some guar 
shit, yeah. you know? <laughs> um, like, is this a uh, uh, interactive art piece? <laughs> um, and like, I, I could barely hear the music because they had such a presence, you know? Yeah. Um, like, everything is shouted. Even like, the drums are all double bass. And I have thoughts on double bass as a drummer. Like the double kick thing, like the brrrr, when you roll a kick drum, it sounds insane to me. And it sometimes works. Is this like, but this would you call this thrash? I think it's it's kind of all of the above. Um, yeah. So on the drums, you got Joey Joey Jordison, uh, aka Number One, uh, the co- one of the co-founders of the band. Uh, R.I.P. Uh, he, he passed away uh, the last, oh, no. couple, last couple of years. Oh um, no. But one of my favorite metal drummers. Uh, what a creative uh, and dynamic percussionist. Um, when I'm listening to something like this, that's like that's so bonkeroonies. I always go to the drums first, you know, because I'm a drummer, I'm a DJ, and all that. And like, uh, no denying, the drums here are nuts. Like, it's something I could practice for ten years and probably won't be able to do this. Stuff, you know, like this is pretty wild. Yeah, uh, Joy. Uh, Joey Jordison, he's just one of those guys. Uh, he's, I think he was, you know, really, really well respected in in a lot of different musical communities. He just was, he was awesome. He was a really badass drummer. <laughs> um, but Slipknot, you got, uh, like I said, uh, Des Moines, Iowa, formed in 1995 by Sean Clown Cran, uh, aka Number Six. Uh, the aforementioned Joey Jordison, number one, and Paul Gray, uh, bass. Uh, Paul Gray, aka number two, he played bass, and Paul Gray actually uh, passed away as well. So two of the um, found, two of the founding members uh, have passed away. Sadly. Um, uh, rest in peace and uh, thoughts go out to the family. What's up with the number thing? Do they all work for the cat in the hat? Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. I there's, I the thing. Okay, so I remember, I remember seeing first seeing Slipknot on a shirt, and it was this album artwork, and then being like, "Whoa, you know, are they? What's going on? Like, it, they look scary." Um, I can tell if someone the, I think it's Sid with the long nose. Uh, I can tell if he was sitting in a chair, or he was, or the band was. I couldn't. I couldn't tell what was going on. They just had these like red jumpsuits and these masks, um, and I and that started like this whole like lore about this band. You know, there's yeah, you know, and there's been there's so many different stories I feel about about like kind of like their their mythology, and I think that's what really you know made them so provocative and so interesting. You know, so. Uh, you, you couldn't really look away. Um, I think there was another. I think there were, and they did it so well. There was another band around this time called Mushroom Head. Do you remember Mushroom Head? I, I do not. They they did the same thing. They wore they wore masks too. But we're not talking about Mushroom Head today. Uh, no disrespect to Mushroom Head, but I think Slipknot just did it so well. Um, they were so dedicated to their to their mask, to their persona, to the to the gimmick. Uh, nine nine people. Nine people. In this band, um, so you got. Let's see. You got. Uh, so you got Joey, Paul, and Chris, uh, and then you had Sid, Sid Wilson, Zero, on the turntables. 
uh, Chris Fenn, number three, on percussion. Jim Root, uh, number four, on guitars. Craig 133 Jones, number five, on samples and media. Mick Thompson on guitars. And of course, the lead singer, the iconic Corey Taylor, number eight. So, but they're numbered like, like it's their number on the call sheet, like like of importance. Like what? What? I think that's just that must like, mean something. Like a baseball lineup. <laughs> it doesn't look like right. It doesn't look like there's a, a rhyme or reason to it, which is interesting. Are, are the numbers like on their costumes and stuff? Yeah. Wow. I mean, they all have specific masks that they wear. Yes, and those and these masks have like changed over time. Um, uh, kind of like still, while still tr- staying true to the original ones, uh, they have like, for instance, like Corey doesn't have like those like dreadlocks coming out of his. Um, okay. Uh, and uh, but I mean, the clown is like still the clown. They, they get like some of them have gotten like more like graphic or like kind of more like horror based a- as time went on. Um, but in my personal opinion, these uh, from 1999 uh, are my favorite. I think they're certainly the most iconic for sure. Wow. Um, how did you find out about this band? Where did you first hear about this uh, Slipknot? So I've talked before about my cousin who introduced me to Korn uh, and Biscuit and, uh, the, you know, the glories of new metal. Uh, and Slipknot is no different. Um, wow. I, I can remember, it was like Christmas probably, and um, Circus Magazine and uh, Hit Parader. Uh, did you ever read those? They're like heavy metal rock magazines. I did not. Um, but they ha- they had posters, and I just remember my cousins had these posters of these, you know, these guys in jump in like orange and red. I think it's orange. I'm colorblind. Um, uh, you know, these jumpsuits like jumping around and looking crazy. And they appear to be in that sort of red orange. Red orange. Okay. Okay. So it's one of the two. It's in the middle. Okay. It's right um, there in the middle, but you're fine. You're not missing out on too much. Um, thank you. And uh, yeah, I remember <laughs> being like, like, whoa, like the, you know, what are these guys all about? And then the first song I heard was Wait and Bleed. It probably was 1999, um, around the time, you know, this album came out. And at the time, I was like really into corn, like corn, and um, listening to uh, bands like Coal Chamber, uh, you know, uh, stuff like that. And it was like Slipknot was. And, and I hadn't really, I hadn't really gotten to like thrash metal. I mean, stuff from like old Metallica stuff, um, like death metal or anything. But like Slipknot was certainly probably my, my first introduction to the heavier stuff. Um, and, and I just was enthralled. It was like, like what are these drums? Like they, they, they're like they almost sound like tribal, you know? Like you know, like. Um, but in, the, in their live shows, they were they're playing like kegs. You know, they were like beating on kegs while playing, and well, they. Uh, and I remember there was like there was a news story because they got. I think they really got hot um, on Ozfest in 1999. Okay. Um, which was, uh, if you're not familiar with Ozfest, it was a it was a traveling festival put on by Ozzy Osbourne. Um, so and it had all the the hottest metal acts of the day. If you're a metal fan and you're not familiar. Uh, just check out like any Ozfest lineup, and it's it's insane. You're talking like System of a Down, you know, opening up for like Black Sabbath and stuff like that. It's crazy. Um, and I remember uh, 
a news story um and they were like it was talking about you know the dangers of of, of, of heavy metal and and they and them um, featuring for a long time slipknot in concert and i just remember like they were cr- i've never seen them i almost went to go right before the pandemic but um we, we didn't make it out but i just remember they were like on right on like on these risers and the, the percussionists were it was like they, it was not, not cranes but um shoot uh, i can't even think of what they were but they were like moving up and down across the stage and they, were, they weren't even like playing the drums they were just like like banging their heads like while holding on to the drums and and they were just jumping around and just you know crowd surfing and it just looked like like nothing i'd ever seen before i think i was like 11 uh-huh. and it was just like whoa like what is this and you know, even being a you know goofy kid at the time you know like i i knew i was like oh this is this is different this is i love corn but this is different yeah, yeah. these guys are rowdy these guys are rowdy very That's much how. so uh what what were your thoughts on um slipknot boy uh i, I gotta tell you <laughs> like <laughs> 80 minutes man it's a long record it is it is the longest of records you can have um i, I popped it on and that that first this that kind of like the intro track the little prelude yeah. with the numbers um yeah. and i was like okay and i had just listened to our next album and i was like okay i'm used to some noise let's, let's get the atmosphere going and then they just jump kick my my temple uh and <laughs> it just and it does not let up oh, like i'm like where i'm like waiting for something or a ballad or anything every once in a while you hear more of the uh the guy's voice like on i think tracks like no life or something where he like does a little like monologue into the song but otherwise it is just um we're gonna beat the shit out of you yeah uh and it does not let up for as long as they can fit on a compact disc yeah which famously Um, was 80 minutes because 80 minutes that's right kills me (laughs) um i didn't know they were from iowa yeah, that feels uh, wild to me. I, I thought I heard some Cali stuff in there, you know, um, especially in the lead singer's voice every once in a while when he dropped a register or so. Um, but uh, is Iowa a big metal kind of town? Like, not, not that I know of. Um, you know, I think it's one of those things where, like, I, I from from what I understand, you know, like with like black metal, like Norwegian black metal. You know, uh, uh-huh. I've, I've never had the pleasure of, of visiting Norway. Um, if anyone catches us living in Norway, I hope to visit your beautiful country someday. Thank you for listening. Um, but from what I understand, like these, um, like there's, the, there's these areas of the world where it's just like there's not much. It's like either like gloomy or it's cold. You really can't be outside. So I mean, you just kind of you're inside and you just create this, you know, this pulverizing music. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they're angry. Yeah. Well, they're restless. Uh, seems to be. And they, um, you, know, you said Ca- California, they actually recorded it in California. Oh, there you go. Um, speaking of the production, I really dug on like, the panning. They did some, a lot of yeah. cool, like, uh, left to right speaker stuff. Um, and like, but like every time, like, a cool riff would, um, pop in or like an, uh, an amazing, like, drum, uh, break, it just turned to fuzz. And then I was, <laughs> I was like, oh my god. It's just kind of exhausting, isn't it? Yeah. Like, I don't 
Uh, yeah, I think I, it's probably meant to be. You got to be in a mood, you know. You, you got to yeah. be like going for a run or like, you know, needing to like let yeah. out like aggression or something. Um, I, this is like great music for that for sure. Uh, this would be a great album to listen to like while you're putting up a tire at your CrossFit class or whatever. Well, yeah, like I mean, I I totally agree. I mean, like in, in like in their later like music videos, you know, they're like there's like like clown is like literally like beating like a keg with a baseball bat you know like yes. so i mean certainly taking it to tires as well uh are these guys beer drinkers you know i don't know i don't is that know. part of the aesthetic i don't know they, they're, they're, they seem to they, they clearly have an aesthetic forward uh idea like because uh, like why else would they wear the masks and follow up why nine people do you need nine people to make this much noise i, I mean like um like because I've never heard of a like a metal or hard rock band being that deep. Yeah, usually that's reserved for like ska bands, you know what I'm saying? Or like some dumb indie rock arcade fire nonsense, you know? <laughs> you know, I mean, but you, so you have like a DJ and then, or, or a, um, I just, I just said it. So you have uh, two percussionists and then you have a turntable, uh, so, uh, you know, someone working the turntables. And you have someone doing samples. Are these guys like shooting blood out in the crowd and stuff? Like I don't, I don't know a lot about these dudes, but it looks crazy. I don't, I don't think so. You know, I think they're good. I think their live shows are probably intense, um, for sure. Um, I think, I just think they just, they just go wild, um, just from yeah. the videos I've seen. Um, yeah. Did you have uh, any standout tracks? There, I know there's some interesting. Like you talked about the scratching and. Uh, sam- samples and stuff going on. Uh, I was interested to hear uh, your thoughts on that. I really dug the percussion, um, uh, prosthetics. It's like a lot of clang, oh. clang, and then cool samples going on there. I, I was really, I was like, oh, okay, into it, into it, into it. Prosthetics is, is actually my personal favorite on the. Uh, is that right? <laughs> oh wow! I love because it's like. You know, like the the drum phrasing is nuts because. This guy's playing like in between drum beats. It's really, uh, you know, plenty of people can play fast, but like this guy is precise, and that's a really impressive. When he does those fills, where he just like, you know, and like, I, I just, oh, I just, I love the drumming. As you know, like growing up, I was like, oh, I'm all about the guitars and the screaming, um, and there's a lot of that. But growing up and listening yeah. to it with that Mimo's ear, uh, there's just so many like really cool things <laughs> going on yeah. with those drums. Who who inspired these dudes? Who who? What, where does the tree grow out from to get to Slipknot? So I think they are all like pretty big into like death metal. Um, yeah. According to their Wikipedia page, um, while they were uh, in in Malibu, California. Um, you know, recording the album, they attended a show by a band called Phantomas, um, which included members of um, Faith No More and Mr. Bungle. Uh, it's Mike Patton. Uh, it had uh, Dave Lombardo, who played drums for Slayer. Um, uh, the guitarist from the Melvins, Buzz Osborne, which is really interesting. So they were very influential to to the guys in Slipknot. Um, which is so I, I haven't even scratched the surface of faith no more i know i know there's probably some really great stuff there but um, oh wow that would be we could do an episode on that 
Dude, I, I, I read. Say so. I read somewhere for sure. I, I I read somewhere that like Mike Patton is like the most talented vocalist like in rock music. He he was like ranked higher than Freddie Mercury. It was crazy. Like higher uh, than Ax, Ax, Axl Rose. Like it's wild. And I I have I know nothing about this guy. Oh, I, I don't know how you quantify that, you know. Um, but but yeah, he's a, he's he's a wild man. I think it's like the the octaves they can sing in. Or well, like, like, like literally, he has a wider range than any, anyone that's on yeah. the record. Yeah. Well, he like did he played all those like uh, the vampire zombies in uh, the last Spin Earth Will Smith movie. Which one? I am Legend. He's like he's hired for his you know his voice box. He's a wild, wild dude. I had no idea. <laughs> We're gonna have to dive into that, man. I Am Legend was one of those one-and-done movies for your boy here. Uh, that was a oh. devastatingly oh. sad movie. Because of the dog? Because of the dog. All right. <laughs> uh, Fair one enough. More, one more thing I'll, I'll say on, on Slipknot. This album has possibly one of the greatest uh, three-song sequence, uh, uh, in my in my opinion. Um, so you've got... It starts off with Wait and Bleed, um, which is which was you know one of the singles of the of the album, uh, and that one goes into surfacing. Uh, it has starts off with a killer guitar riff, um, and it's just a mean, mean, tough song. And then after that, it goes into spit it out, which is like a rap rock, you know, thrash metal beat down. Um, for a long time, those three. Whenever I you know on on old like mp3 players that i could only fit like a couple songs on and i wanted slipknot those would be the three songs i would have on there because the, oh those are my fave um but uh final thoughts on slipknot self-titled well it was an experience um i i think <laughs> jake and i were joking earlier today before record about how you know it's a bright sunshiny day here in austin <laughs> and we're both listening you know some really dark shit. Some dour. What is that? It's some some dour stuff. It's quite dour. Jake was at Target. I was hanging out with my mom. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! Did you, did you show your mom Slipknot? I sure did. Uh, I, I I I was playing her some of our next band. Uh, yeah, and 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 I started playing some Slipknot, and, and she's like, um, I'm like, okay, I'll spare you. And I just turned it off. <laughs> like, like any thoughts on this? She's like, nope. Uh, <laughs> um, like listening to it, like I, I thought it was another one of your California guys. I remember, like, cause it sounds like rancid, um, turned like uh, possessed by demons, you know, <laughs> uh, and turned up to fifteen, you know. Um, eighty minutes is a lot, uh, and I think it's, it's a big, it's like a big sit uh, for an album like this. But I think that's probably their intention, you know. Um, Drumming is insane. Um, where would you put these guys? In, like, would you consider them new metal or just metal? Are the where are they in the pantheon? Where are they in the uh, you know? I, I you know I think, I think they came around at the tail end of new metal. I wouldn't consider this new metal. There's certainly um, there's certainly aspects of new metal. You know, with the the electronic elements, the rapping elements that the you rap get. Rock, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I would say this is closer to just like straight up metal. 
Um, some might, some might disagree, but I don't know. Like, I think new metal. You know, it's so tricky. It could go either way. I would go. I would say this is just like metal, and they certainly, as they went on, just straight up became a metal band. This one, you can say, ah, it could be both. Um, oh, did, did, did they did they slow the tempo down eventually or something? Like, no, they just they just went even more like brutal with it. Uh, you know, oh Jesus! Yeah, but oh my God. even more melodic too, um, which hmm. is which is really interesting. And there's a lot of melody on this record too. Well, the um, guy's clearly the lead. The lead guy, uh, number eight, is clearly a uh, quite the vocalist. And you sent me that um, Stone Sour tune. Did you, get a, did you get a chance to give it a spin? Yeah, of course. I mean, he's got a, a wonderful voice. Um, yeah. Really. What uh, what range? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, actually, uh, Corey he he did an interview in like a an, in a in a metal magazine, and they're like. A ten uh, ten mixtapes, and I from that from that article I learned about two bands um, that I'd never heard of before. Um, it was Slayer and the Foo Fighters. Oh. Yeah, and they were. Um, I mean, I'd heard like I take that back. I'd heard of Foo Fighters because they were on the radio, but I hadn't heard of Slayer. But the song he picked for Foo Fighters was Everlong, and. I, I thought that was so interesting because Everlong is a very like um, it's a super you know super melodic um, very um, you know what um, the lyrics are very like sentimental and you know um, certainly not uh, what you hear on the not self-titled album and I thought that was so interesting I was like wow Corey Taylor likes this song Everlong it sounds more like a like an emo song you know and um so I thought that was really cool. I, I think I think he's a really interesting guy. He's, he continues to play uh, solo. I'm glad you gave it glad you gave it a spin, and uh, it's it certainly it. I would say it's music for for a time and place. You know, when you're you're getting pumped, uh, you're getting ready to do some CrossFit, <laughs> yeah. play some rugby. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. I I think it's a I think it's a certainly a touchstone of the of the genre, um, and kind of like kind of set metal up for the the 21st century for sure i would say um because after this you had a lot of you had a lot of really interesting bands you know that come came around like they were doing mainstream metal like you had system of a down you know which were doing a lot of really cool things you had bands like disturbed who um were doing a lot of really interesting things at the time um yeah and i uh, and I, I think i think this one really really set, set up the genre for what we have now did you enjoy it um it was an experience i think i need to be on a treadmill <laughs> uh, like truly like um and also like uh, you know i have uh, having a stressful week or whatever like i understand that like sometimes this kind of stuff can exercise like some uh anxiety out of you <clears throat> I, I know it does for me like and, 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 you know for me like you know dance music gets, gets a lot of that energy out of me and all that like this like made me a bit anxious yeah <laughs> and I, was, I was just kind of like nervous listening to it uh but but i think that's kind of the theme of this episode <laughs> yeah <laughs> awesome well i'm glad you got to get some slipknot in your life and now you have it in your back pocket for when i will i will return i will return because i want to give it like another go around because i think it deserves it i, I feel if like so. the follow-up 
is is even is even better in my opinion uh, I, 2001's Iowa um there's some there's some bangers and they um they have they have some good songs and so yeah if you ever like I said if, if you're in one of those moods and you know the mood I'm talking about give Slipknot a spin uh they'll get you there <laughs> to you know we've gone to Des Moines Iowa uh let's um let's go to the city of Cleveland Ohio where we meet your artist this week tell me a little bit Mm. about the Nine Inch Nails I'm I'm gonna be up front with you Jake and the listeners Nine Inch Nails is not a band that I know too well. I am a casual fan. Um, but every album on this show that I've submitted to Jake and then therefore the, the listening audience, I am deeply intimate with. Like if you play me a sample of it, I could just name the track and you know what album it is. Nine Inch Nails, not so much. Like I know they're jams. I know, you know, I've got this rusty beat up had like a whole 12 inch. I'm oh, shoot. Jake right now. Um, like how beat up that is. Uh, Damn. Did it get wet? And it just like probably could have been worth something. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, and then, you know, uh, of course, like, you know, knew them as, you know, I knew, you know, their, you know, their hits and like, and all this and like, oh, and hey, they, they sure popped up in the trailer for the Avengers. Uh, you know, you and me, we're in this together now. That's oh. the theme. That's the song they play in the Avengers trailer. Oh. Which is kind of like a, a pretty mild trailer for such an amazing uh, culturally shifting movie. But, wait, uh, so, um, wait you're, you're talking Marvel, not uh, the Ray Fiennes Uma Thurman one. No, I'm talking Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they have like... Like I, I, Thor grabs his hammer, Cap puts him on a shield. I, like I don't remember this. I need to go back and watch this on YouTube. I should have sent that to you too. Damn it! I sent Jake a. I bombarded Jake with a bunch of stuff. Basically, what I know about Nine Inch Nails. Um, and I, I, I fell in love with the perfect drug. The song, which I think, which from what I understand, is on the Lost Highway soundtrack and maybe a B side on this one. Uh, I think on the 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 follow up to this one or whatever, 
um, the downward spiral. And I knew Trent Reznor, and I, you know, I knew what it, what he was, and what he kind of signified. And I knew like the goth kids liked him and all that, and, and the Grand Chess was a big old deal. I knew their branding. I think it was fantastic. You know, the backwards oh knot uh, and and all that. Like and I and I and wow, how tattooable is that? Oh my um, gosh. Someone. <laughs> If, I don't know if it's Reznor or who, but like knows what they're doing on how to like get uh, make this like a brand and an idea. I've got plenty of Nine Inch Nails like remixes like on on White Label over here. I hadn't sat down to listen to an album of theirs all the way through, top to bottom, start to finish. This one is fucking rough, man. Oh, it's a it's an intense listen. It's like uh, like I, I think the right word would be like it's like it's nihilistic you know it's like oh. anarchist you know it's uh sociopathic like it's yeah. nutty dude it's nutty but there's but there's also some like really like introspective stuff going on um and what we can talk about but i mean um you know and i let me see i i know the song hurt it was written by um it was written about is it Trent's struggles with, with with drugs, right? I believe so. We've talked about this before when we talked about cash, you know, right. like and and how he kind of claimed or reclaimed that sooner or, or re, I mean, in, in such a beautiful way. Right. Um, Hurt is the last track on this album, and this album seems to tell a story about a person spiraling into uh, mania and self harm. Uh, it's not a sunny day album, man. No, um, it, it, and it's not, and you know, and it is a heavy, particularly that song, and it, 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 it's a very heavy subject. And you know, like, like we always like to say here on the show, whenever we talk about you know those heav- heavier subjects, um, if you happen to listen to the song and you know feel a certain type of way, you know, you are heard, you are seen, you are loved. Please seek that help because um, what you do and who you are. Is very special and, and very much so matters so uh yeah just always like to say that whenever we get to you know those heavier songs and, and hurt is certainly a, a heavy heavy song um this, this feels like a really paranoid uh like autobiog- autobiographical kind of you know um diary of an album you know right uh there's a lot of like you know damn the man all these people in power I should be in power and I should therefore be able to fuck everyone I want. Yeah. Uh, which is like, like, um, I wrote down uh, horny and angry is a dangerous combo. Uh, <laughs> I know you're a big seven guy, right? I... A big seven guy. I'm a big Fincher fan, the director. <laughs> if well, that's you, what you mean. Well, you famously, uh, when we, you know, you famously <laughs> burned off the tips of your fingers that you you know, uh-huh. like, that, well, was okay. just, that was a macaroni and cheese incident, Jake. <laughs> and I, I would have you not bring that up right now. Uh. <laughs> I, I feel like I, I don't even know. So I, I guess I should look. I should have looked this up. But you know, when we're when we're when we're chatting, things come to you. Did he have anything to do with oh, Seven? The, the opening credits? Yes. Or okay. was or was that, that guilty by uh, Gravity Kills? Gravity Kills. Nice, nice pull. Did I call it? You Is called it, it? Yes. Yeah. Wow. Dude. That's staying in. 
That's staying in. That's good. <laughs> that was good. We know what we're talking oh, about on clap. here sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And you're guilty too. But like, he went on to do a lot of work with Fincher and he, and he scored the social network. That's right. Yeah. Which is like one of the most astonishing. I sent you a clip of the social network earlier. And like, it's one of the most astonishing scores in like eerie, like, um, Nail body, like, oh, we're following a sociopath. Like, it's fucking wild. Like, there's like saw blades grating against a uh, piano wire while a beautiful piano plays in the background. It's like this kind of weirdness. And you get to hear it on this album. Uh, you can hear his piano playing, which always, just, which struck me pretty hard listening to this one, The Downward Spiral. Like, every once in a while through the mayhem, it was like, stop. And then, like, a beautiful piano plays. And like, oh my God, this guy's uh, ear formality is amazing. And it's all eerie and like just dark. Chilling. Chilling, yes. He got his start playing in like a synth pop band in the 80s. And so that's where I, you know, that that melody, absolutely. um, It's very, very present. Even even in the intense stuff like this, like there was one, uh, it's like instrumental. I should have wrote it down. a, a warm place, like the kind of like chill, atmospheric one. Yes, yes. Yeah. Gorgeous. Beautiful. How do you feel about his voice? Do you like his voice? You know, it's a, that's something interesting. I, uh, it's at times, it sounds, uh, it sounds kind of like whiny. You know, um, it's mm-hmm. not, it's not my favorite vocal performance at times, but then, on on like a, a song like Closer, you know, uh, I just blows me away and then uh and, and later on um uh we talked about uh we're in this together now you know yeah uh his vocal uh, his vocals on that one are uh, yeah yeah hey. uh yeah um, uh, another- i i think boy was a big fan of his for sure boy but boy was always the guy like that pushed new sounds like he was a big arcade fire guy like he pushed them to start them so before listening to this record, like other songs I really liked of, from Nine Snails, like Closer, of course, I've heard and, and hurt everything. Dead Souls from the Crow soundtrack. Oh, I never, I wasn't familiar with that one. Is this, are you, really? Is this guy throwing away B-sides to random shit? Because like, how much mature does this guy have? Because I don't think Dead Souls is on an album. It's, it is breathtaking to me. It's the, so good, dude. The drums on, on that one are insane. <laughs> So the drums, we should talk. Like, okay, I don't know too much. I don't know too much. Is he programming everything? Is it with him and his weird named friend, or Arthurial DiCaprius? Or, or is it him and his <laughs> band? Like, doing this, I, I know there's a lot of programming going on. Is he a genius? Like, what's, like, like I, don't, I don't really know. Like, uh, and perhaps that's part of the mystery of this, of this project. So, um, so let me see. So I'm, I'm checking out the Wikipedia page right now, and it says he frequently sampled excerpts from his guitar session tracks and processed them to sporadic and expressive points. Um, mm-hmm. He used acoustic drums in various settings as well as Roland's TR-808 and R-70 drum machines. And 808, were, how about that? And these were sampled through multiple Akai S-1000s and a Kurzweil or Kurzweil K2000. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Akai, that, 
that's a that's DJ Shadow's instrument of choice, right? That's Shadow, yeah. It sounds like a lot of the drums were programmed uh, on yeah. on rolling pads and, and processed heavily. Yeah, there's a certain like uh, I wrote down uh, the onomatopoeia click squeak clang. Like, I mean, it's amazing. Like um, like pick squeak as a hi hat and clang as a snare. Just beautiful, like beautiful percussion on this one. That doesn't sound like any drum you've ever heard before. No, but I mean, it I, does. you could yeah, the idea of drums. It's fucking beautiful. I heard like, you know, like crystal method drum, like style drumming. I heard like mm. fat boy slim, big beat stuff. Um, just the, like, the beats are large. The beats are large. Pinches yeah. of those things. But the one artist I heard the most that might surprise you uh, is I heard a, a ton of Bjork in this music. Yeah. Um, tell me more about that. From our talking Bjork, you know, it was just like um, I described it as just like like an onslaught of sound. You know, there was just like so much going on, and you know, buried in there were, were like Bjork's vocals. And I feel like a lot of that production style from homogenic, homogenic, uh, mm -hmm. are are very you know very much alive in the downward spiral. Would you agree? Or am I am I close? What do you, what do you think? Um, I can get there with like the experimentation and like the weird atmospheric noises that going on in the background, like right. Because like the, plenty of times, like the, everything would just stop on a dime, and then it's like it's here like a weird squealing sound, and like wait, what is that? Well, it's yeah. not an instrument. We don't know what it is until he tells us, and like that's the kind of like yeah, your kind of like experimental production stuff, which really. Uh, uh, Kind of, kind of blew me away on this one. I really, actually, like, very much enjoyed it. I, even though it's a dark listen, but I, it's, I think it's uh, astonishing. Yeah. Yeah. Where I feel like, and I, I know it's been a couple months since we listened to B, to Bjork, but I mean, it, it certainly wasn't dark. Uh, you know, Nine Inch Nails. This is a, a very dark record. This is telling a, like a harrowing story. Um, but I, 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 I felt the same way um, because. You know, it was like like this, like you know, s sounds you know just coming at you, you know, just you know, brutal. But then there would be like this, like sweet, like kind of like melody at at points, you know, like yeah, yeah. I, I heard I heard a lot of Bjork. It, it was kind of wild. I, I was not expecting that. It's almost as if like Trent Reznor can't help but put a little like cutesy melody in there. Right. It just like bursts. It bursts out of him because it's there. But I like the idea of him like just recording everything and like his guitar fuzz and like and, and like playing around riffing and all that and then recording that and like the because the, the whole album has like weird you know samples flying around all over the place a lot of static a lot of fuzz and then like everything's bit crushed and staggered I wrote that. oh my god like um where uh, but then and then over it is this, this is this poetry of a story about someone that is so upset that he's not a sex god. Like it's like, like Rasputin or whatever. Like he's so bummed out that why isn't everyone having sex with me all the time? And like, there's even like some really like almost appalling lyrics on this one where I'm like, come on, Trent. Like, uh, uh, where you know the what was like big man with a big gun or whatever. Like he's just talking about his dick for a minute and a half, and then the, the song just kind of like ends. And I'm like, oh, that's like a throwaway. But he didn't have to put it on the album, did he? Like, <laughs> no. Like, maybe that was like, that's like that sounds like a good studio warm-up tune to play. But <laughs> but 
the, so therefore, if it's on here, it must mean something to the story, yeah. to the concept of the album. If you want to go concept album with this one, and that is uh, so upsetting and and like uh, and scary, and that's why his shit fits really well with Fincher's movies. You know, I suppose. I and, just uh, man, um, we were talking about Melody a second ago, and, and about Fincher. I just remember it, it, uh, the opening of um, so, uh, Social Network after. Yeah. After he get uh, after Zuckerberg gets broken up with, he's walking back. Yes, and he, he tell he's he's all like he's all pissed off, and it's like it's playing that. And at the last one, it goes like a couple octaves lower, and it's like boom, 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 boom. Uh, there's an interesting idea behind that sequence where like you see. It's like a it's like a camera that pans around, but Zuckerberg's not in the shot until it starts turning, and then he appears, and he yeah, floats yeah. out of frame, and then there's another one. He appears, floats out of frame. This is him traveling through the campus. And there, amidst, there's, there's someone amidst playing a, so, violin. I remember amidst a, a network of people, and he can't plug into it. He doesn't know how to interact with it. He's and he's angry and he's going to figure out a way where everyone is on the same wavelength that he is that is I will so not. that is yeah. so good damn i will, I will change i will bring the world down to its knees so then i can talk to them that's what that movie is kind of about wow. i don't i don't do i don't do well at parties so i will i will raise parties to the ground so therefore i'm the tallest person in the room like it's ugh. my friend it's, you, uh, you you are pretty profound sometimes i i <laughs> I, I admire the way you're able to like pick those things up because me i'm just like awesome man look at him go i love this music that's crazy that guy was in zombie land cool and you're, like, was in zombie and you're getting all this like subtext and i'm just like oh man <laughs> <laughs> this is why I'm grateful to have this show with you because I am going to pass that on uh, to someone and they're going to think I'm really smart. <laughs> oh, yeah, please. You're I will give shit. credit where credit's due. <laughs> all right. Oh, I know you always do. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, final thoughts on uh, the Downward Spiral? Any songs that blew up to you? Did you um, like, how was it to revisit Closer and Hurt? Like, I don't know. Any thoughts? Any thoughts? Man. I've always really enjoyed Closer. Um, it was it's it was such a hit. It was on the radio. Um, it's it's kind of like a super dirty song. It's um, rude, yes. Yeah. Um, Scandalous. And uh, the music video is like really creepy. I remember. So I remember we were at the Rollercade in San Antonio, and they had a, they had a sticker machine, and one of the stickers were bands, and in you know you could do you remember these where you put like 50 cents in and you would push the silver you would like push the silver thing in and pulled out and the sticker would come out in between two pieces of white cardboard Uh, i don't think so man and they had like like tattoos too um maybe it's a regional thing i don't know they and so in the thing they had like you could see like third eye blind was on there or corn or rate like rage against the machine or something like you that. You just get band stickers from a thing? Uh-huh. I would have been all over that. Oh, okay. What a time to be alive. And I remember I really wanted corn or third eye blind. This is like nineteen ninety nine. 
you know, mm-hmm. the, that was my stuff. And uh, and so I put it in, and I got it out, and it, out came this backwards in an I and, a, and an N. I said, damn, what? Like, Nin? What? <laughs> yeah, I remember being like, you know, 11 years old, 10 years old, so disappointed. And one of my older cousins was like, oh, you got nine inch nails. Awesome. And maybe like, oh, yeah, totally. Oh, yeah. oh so you roll the dice when you do this. Yeah, yeah. You, you don't oh, know. Okay, what got, 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 got. Yeah. Oh, oh, I would. I would that would they would have stolen so much of my change. Oh, my gosh. And then, so that was that. And then after that, uh, on Eminem's um, My Name Is off of the Slim Shady uh, LP, he opens it up by saying, hi, kids. Do you like violence? Do you want to see me six nine inch nails? Three nails into my eyelids? Yeah. I mean, like, oh, Eminem, dude. similar logo. They put a box around it, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. And Did then, they put it on backwards E towards the end of that? I think so. And then if you recall Seven, the movie Seven, there's a, there's the number seven instead of a V in the middle of it. Yeah. Oh, I love a good logo. It's, um, but it, it, this is all coming together. And then on Limp Biscuits, Chocolate Starfish, and the Hot Dog Flavored Water, <coughs> uh, on, on the opening track. Same marketing department. Same marketing department. <laughs> <laughs> on, on the, on the, uh, on the Are you married track. to the name of the album? <laughs> 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 I know you're you're the artist, but uh, we kind of go for like mystique over here. But okay, <laughs> whatever you like, whatever you want. Hey, you're the mob, Fred. Um, we we believe Woo-hoo. in you. Um, but Mr. On, Fred, on the <laughs> so the opening song, Hot Dog. Um, yeah, he actually sings in the chorus. I wanna you like an animal. He basically sings the lyrics Closer. to closer so yeah. in a weird in a weird way the nine inch nails have kind of like uh have kind of like uh wrapped themselves throughout my musical adolescence in a, in a lot of ways um yeah i only recently started listening to them mm-hmm. uh i listened to pretty hate machine a couple years ago um yeah um that came out in 89 and i was like ah damn uh pretty hate machine and the one that came after this was uh, further Further down, further, further down the spiral, which I think is B sides, right? It has to be. Oh yes, okay, that's not the one. Um, the one I'm thinking about is the fragile. Fra- fragile must have. Is that with uh, uh, together now? Uh, we're in. The, yes. Yeah. And like, um, uh, is is Bowie collab? I'm afraid of Americans. I, I didn't know that. I didn't realize that was Trent and Bowie. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. R.I.P. R.I.P. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I any any opportunity I get to listen to um, to to the Nine Inch Nails, I feel like I walk away. Um, I feel like I walk away uh, with a. Uh, it, it, uh, what's <laughs> what I'm looking for? I feel like I walk away refined. You oh. know, uh, because I mean, I think Trent Reznor is kind of a genius. Uh, he's definitely. Uh, he's definitely an interesting character, um, but gosh, the, the man can create an atmosphere. Um, atmosphere. Atmosphere is the name of the game, I think. And like, uh, he's got a very successful career as a score composer, and it's all atmosphere. And like, and like, boy, you sure feel it on this one, don't you? 
I, I really appreciated the uh, like. Um, I, I love all like the heavy drums and like the and the, and the metal like guitars and all that. But like when he drops into that into that piano and into like a soundscape, all of a sudden it, it, you feel it. You feel it. Absolutely, he's a he's a really interesting guy. He's really intense. He's unique, um, and I think and I think that's really special um, for for rock and electronic music. Um, and this is like I, I keep on going back to Bjork. This is like that it, it pairs so well with 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 Bjork. Um, yeah, you like, yeah. you pair these two like cheese and wine. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like uh, different sides of the same coin, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I I like I will, that. I, I will return absolutely. Um, yeah, because it's really, really profound, really interesting, and dark. And uh, yeah, I'll come back to this one for sure. Listen, listen to this one. I was like, wow, '94. That feels early for this this yeah. level of production. And um, no wonder there's like you know deluxe box edition. So this one and like. I will apologize to any Nine Inch Nail fans uh, for any factoids I've missed out on. Again, I I am a, a casual fan. Uh, this is this is like, another band with with a deep story uh, with a lot of mythology. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So I'm sure we've missed a lot. But like, hey, you know what? We'll return. How about that? Yeah. We'll come back. We'll, we'll come, come back to it. We'll come back to it. Yeah. You know what? You know a song I went back to recently and it freaking uh-huh. blew my mind to pieces. What? Um, Blood on the Highway. Uh-huh. That's not the name of the song, is it? Blood on the Motorway. Oh, by Shadow? Oh, my God. That song is amazing. <laughs> I'm glad you returned to these things. That's so cool. Oh, yeah. They'll come up like... Uh, I was. We were texting about uh, Fluke uh, in that risotto. Yes. You returned to you turned to fluke, Big dog. Oh. I, I remember you kind of you kind of being a little tepid about fluke when we covered it. See, and that's what I love. You know, it's like uh, things maybe I, I may have not like connected on initial listen. You know, going back uh-huh. uh, with that Mimo's ear, I'm just like, oh, yeah. man, it just, just yeah. Like, Sometimes they're growers, not showers, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that oh man, check out our episode on. Um, well, Private Press of by DJ Shadow and Risotto by Fluke. Ooh, that Risotto. Mm. Pro- of the albums I've submitted to you, probably the most underrated. Oh, yeah. Like, not not enough critical acclaim for that one, probably. So, now that we've said everything there could possibly be said about Slipknot and Nine Inch Nails. Yes, uh, we've covered everything. <laughs> <laughs> you know, here at Sipping Mimos, uh, Ellie and I we're big fans of you know being thankful and 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 gifting each other. Uh, oh, are we gonna do this again? Songs. Oh yeah, we're doing it. You know, this is something that I we, we did it for the first time last year. Uh, mm-hmm. You you gifted tiny puffy clouds. <laughs> <laughs> Little fluffy clouds. Little fluffy clouds. Sipping me. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and then I, I did. Then I did Paul Vidag's for an angel. Oh, so we've done this two years in a row. Yeah. Wait, what? I know. I know. I gave you miserable by lit. Yeah. And then you you did a you did jumper. First time. Oh. Wow. You have a good memory. No internet. No notes. I'm just going. (laughs) Look at me go. I've already got mine. Go ahead. So I. (laughs) I love radio rock. I'm the radio rock guy around here. Sip Mimos. You are studios. 
Uh, <laughs> and um, <laughs> this this song is is from a band uh, that we've talked about before, but we didn't talk about the album that it appears on. Um, they're one of my favorites, and this song is just gorgeous and it has a really wonderful music video with it too. And I'm super excited to talk about it for our holiday episode. Uh, so Elliot, I'm wrapping this up, putting a bow on top uh, because next time we're going to listen to 1979 by the smashing pumpkins. Uh, 1979, eh? 1979. 1979. I get to, I get to dust off my Billy Corgan impression. And we, have you seen, have you ever seen that? The video of, they just it's someone on a roller coaster and uh <laughs> they just cut that wee and he's going down so this is like our, our we're gifting each other one song we're gonna do a deep dive into yeah oh yeah all right i'm gonna go six underground by sneaker pimps <gasps> oh finally finally what have you been doing well, this one, <laughs> this one made a sneaky appearance in an, on an earlier episode. Yes, it did, but it uh, what? But um, we didn't really dive into it because it appears on Can't Hardly Wait, and it wasn't in the soundtrack. Yeah, that's the one Clearly. where that's the one where Amanda Beckett uh, comes into the uh, into the party. Yeah, boom, boom, boom. Take me down. Legit, I want to hear the Trent Reznor reproduction of that one. Oh, with the, with his keys and all that. Um, okay. So does that, does that sound okay? Oh, I love I it. I could do I could I could do another one if you want, Jake. Do you want to do a second song? Okay. Do you want to do add to the mixtape? What's what was your second? Oh, so now I'm curious. <laughs> well, man, I don't know. I would choose I didn't have one I didn't have one lined up. I didn't have one lined up either, dude. But uh you <laughs> dropped that on me. You know I could do one right I could do one. I could do another one right now. Let's do two songs. Really? Yeah. Oh, heavens above. Oh, okay. Do you have the other one? Uh, yeah. Yes. Oh, all right. We're we're gonna switch it up this year. Uh, oh, gonna... Jake's feeling Jake's feeling greedy. We're gonna. <laughs> uh, well, because you got me all pumped for that sneaker pimp song. Because mm-hmm. um, I love that song, and I uh, of course. Um, but we've kind of touched on it before too, so yeah. there's not maybe not much to approach. So okay. Uh, you want so you've got Smashing Pumpkins 1979. I've got Sticker Pimps, uh, Six Underground. You want to drop a second one? I got one. Um, and I'm and I'm actually really glad to do it this way because I, the album it's on, I know it's beloved. It's a I know it's a touchstone of like the Brit pop movement in the 90s. Um, but I don't really I haven't connected with the album. I never really did. I love the single. Some of the singles on it. Um, but, uh, so that being said, this song was also featured in a nineties teen drama starring Sarah Michelle Geller, Ryan Phillippe and Reese Witherspoon. Oh, the song has a really interesting story to it. And I'm actually really excited to research it. I know that there's things involving the Rolling Stones. Um, and I, if you, if, know me, if you, Okay, go you know, on. I love the stones. Uh, I'm just going to stop talking and tell you. Uh, so my second song for our holiday episode, uh, Sippin' Mistletoes, um, is <laughs> Bittersweet Symphony 
Oh. By the Verve. Wow. Yeah. So excited. So I, Urban Hymns, I, you know, like I said, Touchstone, um, but I haven't, I didn't, I didn't, I think I've just been such a big Oasis fan. I compare everything else to that. I just never really connected with the album that this one's on, but we can talk about that when we get there. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go uh, for my second song, since we're doing two this year. I'm going to go uh, Children by Robert Miles. Okay. I'm not familiar with this one. You do. You are. You know it. Robert Miles. Let me see. Okay. It's one of his children. One of his big songs. I'm going to play it in my ear. Let's see. <gasps> you, you've Whoa! mentioned it. You've mentioned it on the show before. You've mentioned it on the show before. <laughs> oh, dude. I, okay. I'm saving this. Oh my God. This was on a mixtape. My cousin Missy gave me in 2003. We've talked this about one's this. For you. This one's for you, Missy. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> you know, and you had told me we were talking about it before. And it was, we were coming back from a show. It was during the pandemic. So it was 2000, 2001, I think. And mm. I was like, oh, yeah, have you heard of this song? And you're, you sent it to me. You're like, oh, yeah. But then I got a new phone and lost my text messages. And I couldn't, oh. like, I couldn't find it. Oh, yeah. You, you forgot what it was called? I forgot what it was called. I thought it was called like Waterfall or something. I just closed the snaps in your yes. brain. Like, oh, Absolutely. fantastic. How about uh, that? This, That's wow. Cause I had like three different things I could choose from. I'm like, no, let's do Robert Miles children. This song. We'll, uh, Cause we'll, I think Jake likes it. We'll talk about it on the episode, but this song <laughs> made me ask Jake. my mom for a synthesizer for Christmas. Like, Oh, I'm so excited. Wow. We got four Jamie jams to talk about. Maybe, maybe we should consider adjusting the show and just make it playlist. Like, status but i do love i'm an album guy i think you are too but uh um maybe we could talk about that in the, in the next uh year um i love this idea we got four awesome songs to talk about I'm very excited we got we got rip pop we got synth pop we got electronica we got i don't know what 1979 is so excited um but <laughs> um, but with that um i thank you for listening to another episode of sip and memos um if you're hitting the gym, put on some Slipknot. You know, if you want some like introspective, you know, electronic music, electronica, give Nine Inch Nails Downward Spiral uh, a listen. Um, there's a lot, there's a lot in there. Very drum, drum heavy records for sure. Um, put on, put on uh, a Fincher movie or a movie that looks kind of green. Keep it on mute and play downward spiral. It'll it'll match up music beautifully. <laughs> so I, I mentioned the omen earlier. I had the omen on in the background while I listened to downward spiral. Matched perfectly. Mm-hmm. It was like the you know of course Pink Floyd and yeah. Wizard of Oz. It was nuts. Wow, <laughs> I love that. I actually love that. Yeah. Um. All right. Yeah. If if you haven't already, uh, please like and subscribe. Uh, leave us leave us a rating. Um, shoot us an email at sipandmemospod at gmail.com. Let us know if you want us to talk about uh, a specific band. We'd be happy to check that out. Um, if you leave us a review, like type one out on like Apple Podcasts or whatever, we will read it on the air and, and like give you a shout out. Absolutely. Even if, even if it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> like just, just, I think the algorithm just really likes those reviews. Uh, so just do that. And, and also like more importantly of, of, above anything, Tell your friends that you listen to the show if you like it. 
Absolutely. Um, and if if you're here because you're a huge Nine Inch Nails fan uh, or a Slipknot fan or, um, you know, you're a big fan of mimosas, like us too. Uh, thanks for finding us. And uh, we hope you, <laughs> hope you come back. Um, give us a follow. New on- friends. <laughs> yeah. Give us a follow on Instagram. We're at Sipping Mimos Pod. But, well, I think I think we did it. And I'm, I'm I think super, we did. I'm super excited to do our mixtape next time. Uh, I love the New Year mixtape. I am a uh, holiday mixtape. I'm very excited. Oh, let's That'd do be it. fun. That'd be great. All right, buddy. Um, hang in there, man. Uh, what a what a what a treat. What a dream. 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 <laughs> uh, Hashtag what a dream. What a dream. Is that our new hashtag? <laughs> Wait, All right. I, we could do that one, but as long as we keep our original hashtag of. Uh, hey. Stay sipping. Stay sipping. Clink. Clink.